from eastward west to northern and south. Come spend time in the cosmic salon. I'm Niche. 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 And I'll be your companion. August 6, 2020, in the midst of the crazy. And I have my good friend, Keats Ross, with me this evening. And with that, I've already said two ands, and I hate that as well. But now I've got three. I'm making a toll over here, Keats. <laughs> and four. <laughs> Sorry to impart that on you. I apologize. <laughs> I, I think that people can get a... a an idea of where this is going to go. So this is Keats Ross, and Keats is just extraordinary, an extraordinary person, musician, uh, artist out in the world, and like me, does a lot of different things, has his tentacles all over. If he's interested, he learns, he, he becomes and pushes forward, questions himself, very much is what is, in my opinion, the idea of being uh, a sold person, someone that is authentic for people that need that kind of language, that's out there in the world, being in the world, living in the world, and expressing in the world, and then digging in the dirt of self. So with that, I'll bring Keats on and let him... Give a little bit of an intro that may be more than what I just put in there. Hello, Keats. I, <laughs> Nishka. I feel seen. I think that was perfect. We should just move on. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. uh, no, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, a as Nish said, a, a, a multivaried practitioner, both in creativity and uh, metaphysics. Um, I'm a writer. Uh, a musician. I run a uh, international art collective called We the Hallowed uh, Podcaster with Pragmagic. I've been putting albums out of uh, original material since I was 15 under the name Dakota Slim. Um, I've had many other projects in between and elsewhere. Uh, I think as far as a, a state of affairs with me, though, I'm very concerned I don't want to use the word concern that, that has some sort of a nefarious meaning to it. I'm very intrigued and want to celebrate a confluence between metaphysics and mental health. Mm. And me as, uh, as, as niche it so appropriately said a sold person, which just makes me sound sad, which is true. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I want to explore and, I'm just trying to be a better man and I'm using all of these facets to, to do that. And yeah. You know, it, the funny thing is those of us, and we've talked about this before, 
it is it's such a weird thing out in the world when people ask you what you do and it's like well i mean i do fiber arts i oil paint i sing i create beats i you know you know it's all this stuff embroider i garden it, it's it's like people want to be want you to pinhole yourself and give like this LinkedIn version of who and what you are. <laughs> and it's, it, it's challenging to give people what they want. It's like that, that proverbial thing of how are you today? They don't want to, how are you? They don't want to know just fine and move on. Well, you're, you're one of the very few I feel is, is very tethered to me in that construct of, you know, what is our elevator pitch? And like, is there an actual <laughs> elevator pitch? Because maybe it changes, you know, due to the interpersonal dialogue of of whoever you're representing yourself to. So I feel very, it's like, it's a constant catch 22 where I, I want to understand that. But at the same time, I celebrate that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. It's, probably one of the biggest ailments of why many projects don't grow exponentially is because I'll flip flop and, you know, drop <laughs> between things. And I don't necessarily think that's a problem. I think maybe it's, it's an issue in this day and age, especially in the information age with social media and everything is there's this need for consistency of self promotion. Mm -hmm. And I am just an adverse to it, although I need to be I need to commune with it better. Yeah, we're both struggling with this and trying to trying to give the big mouth what it wants and needs without, <laughs> you know, throwing our whole essence in there <laughs> and getting churned and churned and milled and then pooped out. Oh God, yeah. I I love this too because we were we were making jokes earlier about how oh is this a video podcast? Oh thank God it's not for me because I'm really sick of seeing my face. Yeah. After after really exploring the live stream aspect of all this, and I was like, but in turn, we need to see more of Nisha's face. Oh Lord. <laughs> And then your reply was my favorite. Your reply was just, you know, no, I think we all need a little mystery. I was mm -hmm. like, God, that's what I need. Maybe I'm just too ready to be vulnerable these days. But I don't think that's a problem. I just think it's a different trajectory. You know, you know I, I've admired this in you recently, this turn towards showing the raw. It, it's, it's an exercise in... Uh, in growth and strength, definitely. It's an internal exercise. It's a mirroring exercise to see who you are through the outer lens. Uh, and yet, in the end, I, I'm one of those people that likes that fine line of mystery and rawness. So, you know, I, I believe in veils. I have always, the high priestess is a very big deal to me. The veiled Madonna is a big deal to me. You know, the veiled, I, who is, who is she? She's the veiled Isis. Mm -hmm. and, um, and what is her turn? I am all that is, that was, and shall be. 
and nor shall anyone see that which lies beyond. I can't remember the rest. Oh, it's terrible. I used to be able to recite that. But, it, you know, the whole thing is when when she does unveil, you have already gone through the gate and there's no going back once you get through the gate. So there's there's something that is good about the kind of exposure you're messing with right now. Um, yeah, it feels to me it's almost metaphoric or metaphorical of of the of my praxis as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think that I hid behind too many altars in a way, not the A-L-T-A-R, but the A-L-T-E-R and the sense of, of characters and and uh, personas to hide behind with different create creative aspects so it's this weird fine tuning of it's such a practice and getting used to how you deliver words how you look when you deliver words when you're put on the spot and you're just pressing record at random hours of the night and just letting stuff spill in the hopes that you'll marker you know um like magnetic frequencies or hypersynapses in a way that will construct a narrative <laughs> instead of, <laughs> you know, being pushed and pulled so much. And I think that's what it was, was I, I was always very character based, not, not to say that the character is a different person, but it was, it was very much a current that I'd work with creatively curated almost. Yeah. And there's a lot of pretense with it on my part. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of pretense with it in the sense that I'd write something late at night and I could I could focus on like, oh, this is a song for this project or this is a an article, you know, for this project under this pen name, that sort of thing. And I think in the last two years, I've been truly trying to commune with just my own personal rhythms without that pretense. Yeah. It, 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 this is what we should be doing. And uh, in my opinion, I mean, nobody should do anything they don't want to do. Do is that will is something I do hold as holy. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's a, that's a high standard to maintain. In my opinion, I do not care the root of it. I mean, I do care. Of course, I love the root of it as well. But I think if people just understood really what that means, it's a very powerful uh, mantra. I mean, and especially the second half. Uh, love under will. Love is the whole of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you that, know, that, that used to be my – That I used to write agape everywhere. It was just totally my, my thing for so long. I love it. Well, you know. love under will is a big deal. And I think it gets misconstrued, though. Don't you? How do you mean? I mean, yes, of uh, course. Like, I feel like that current altogether. But, I, I, yeah, I'm wondering how you think it, it gets construed outside of that. I, I think well, the, the feedback I've received about the idea of love under will suggest – this is timely because the idea of love is – well, I'm a Venus person, but love is – is a topic I'm exploring the deeper side of it. And uh, the feedback I've received in the past has been interesting when people deconstruct those, those words, love 
under under will yes under will and some people come from the perspective when debating me about this is the under part is somehow brings a negative connotation and that there is love should be free and it shouldn't be you you know where i'm coming from second fiddle to will when love should be will Mm -hmm. yeah i totally get that it's like the butterfly on the open hand to me is go on (laughs) well you know you clench your hand you're going to kill the butterfly if nothing else you're going to damage it if you keep it open it comes and flies away comes back it does what it will you know and and usually they'll come but you keeping your open hand is the act of love that's the act of love and it's the act of will because if you want something and, and you know in the idea of love you can you know obsession is easy it's a drug Oh yeah, and you want something that pretty, pretty, whatever it is—a person, a bauble, a thing, an idea, whatever that pretty, pretty is—you get it, and then you want to hold on to it so tight. I mean, that's Smeagol in his in his ring. Absolutely. There's also, you know, I I don't know. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but there's this weird like cosmic axiom about even just the practice of attuning that is not to want it so much as to absolutely is to let it go in, in a way you know this is this is my big caveat with new thought you know and 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 those kind of currents of of practice and i, I have many more a lot of it has to do with uh, brain chemistry and the inability to change you know into positive thinking because you're battling against the other, which is, you know, brain chemistry that you have no control over. And that's what I was like kind of talking about with divergent magic. But I, I often feel there's this huge push to just obsess over a want that it whittles down so much that you forget all of the beautiful, you know, uh, antennae, like all the beautiful, the, the spider web that surrounds it to get to there it's almost like it, it drives a person to be less compassionate it it reminds me of it it's the pearl there's something in there that the, agitates right the black pearl yes yeah. and of course there is a beauty in the the what do they call it? is it nakra the the coating that creates the beautiful pearl. But the adjutant sometimes can be beautiful in and of itself. And there are there are photos around showing different things that have been put, or, you know, that clams have, have found, have, have been embedded intentionally and accidentally that have created pearls. And some of them are just crazy and beautiful and weird. And with that, and then they, you know, out of it comes a pearl, which can be monstrous or perfect or uh, just, it, there's so many different ideas, but if there's a core, there's a kernel, and then there's all this layer of Ooh. stuff that goes into making it something it wasn't. And then you have that something that wasn't. And then that something that wasn't becomes glorified. Yeah. 
this is such a beautiful analogy. Um, my mind is wrought with different ways to take this. I think this is another good addendum to the idea that the medium or the the journey, the muck and the mire to it is far more um, beautiful than the end result, which is just a pretty rock. Mm-hmm. Right. A pretty something, whatever a it is. A pretty something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but, it, yeah. And the pretty something as you're doing, though, it was something origin- different altogether in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I hope, I to me that's like inherent in my spiritual praxis. I think that maybe, you know, and I'll just be honest that lately it's been so, I, will, I don't want to say oxymoronic, but we'll just say it's been, it's been disparate between wanting or having a fervent compassion because I know uh, because of my experiences and understanding more as I get older, like the muck and the mire Mm -hmm. of being a human being, you know, during these times, like the aestheticism drops off, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, obviously any kind of cultural, uh, cachet drops off it it gets back to that kernel of of being a human being and it's looking through that but at the same time it's very it's uh it's it's hard because it feels selfish in a way you know you're looking you're looking for these people in a way to kind of aid your your own blossoming ugh I don't ever want to use that word again. I, but I hear you. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, but it, it I, like, is perfect there. <laughs> I want I want to be honest about it. That you know the the stuff that I'm doing has no other base than just to kind of document a tormented, you know, previously broken, still constructing, vulnerable idiot into something that I hope is beneficial for others but that's the that's the that's the result that's the pearl and that's the thing i need to reconfigure is that you can be parallel to that mm-hmm. you can you can help others as you struggle you can you know we do and i think we do we, we really do yeah and we talk all the time about the mm-hmm. misguided <laughs> and absurd confidence between you know people in the spiritual field that attune enlightenment as something that's achievable and sustainable (laughs) instead of something that is continuously uh, structured as like pillars holding up, you know, your person. And is often dirty and gritty and (laughs) and it's just pretty. (laughs) And they're the ones that will say, you know, we're, we're expressing this for you. This is to help you. <laughs> Whereas like I, you know, it I feel I feel bad about it in a way, but like what I'm doing is not for you. It's it's for me. And it's I think there's a discography of life, especially through creativity. It's like Rilke's letters to a young poet. Mm. Like you're constructing, you know, this kind of book about like I said, this this muck in the mire that you have to go through and finding that beauty in the process, but it's more so just a testimonial 
and not a how-to. You know what I mean? There, well, there really is no syllabi. You know, there's there's no... Right. It, it's so individual. This whole process is of, of unfurrowing is is completely random in such a strange way. And to think that your prescription of health and well-being is going to work for me (laughs) is, is pure hubris at the, at the least and highly offensive in a way that is, you may as well be a, uh, you know, knocking at my door, pushing your religion on me. Right. You know, it's, it's even from friends. Absolutely. The best we can do as friends is, is show up and listen and ask questions. In my opinion. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Right. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing, like what, what I've been working on recently is I'm not sure if it's a book yet, but it's, it's going to be article or just meanderings about it, but it's a very personal testimonial about the confluence of metaphysics and, and uh, you know, and mental health. And one of the biggest, one of the biggest rubs I have talking about this is that we talk pretty casually in the vernacular of popular psychology, right? right? There's very few of us that truly understand the definitions of these diagnoses mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's also, I don't want to be the one that's like, Oh, I was diagnosed these things. That's what gives me merit, you know, to oh. discuss <laughs> this stuff. And that's, that's, Here's that's a big rapper. roadblock. Here's yeah, your little exactly. rapper. Get in it and be comfortable. <laughs> but there's also, there's also like a dulcet tone you have to have when t- trying to, I don't know, convey what you mean. And unfortunately, some of that is 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 uh, bastardizing some pop psychology, you know, vernaculars. And I uh, I worry sometimes about that because it's it's very similar to the occult is that and we talk about this all the time. I mean, take empath, for instance, (laughs) like it's thrown around so loosely that it gets muddled so easily about what I think the, it's almost like a uh, parasympathetic understanding Mm -hmm. of what the word means, not what, you know, uh, hiding between the lines or the spaces or the words of the definition, you know, to, to be your credential. It's, it's, there's something un uniform about it. And yet all we're befuddled with within the occult, within mental health is is this uh, academia or this perceived academia about how to address these things or how to elicit these musings, you know? And it's, uh, it's, it's worrisome to me because I would rather just create different words, but it's it's not in the sense of creating a folklore it's kind of just creating more madness not being able to truly convey things you're talking about because everyone is so attuned to 
what pop psychology is or, you know, in the occult world, what we're talking about in certain instances. So, yeah, it's 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 a rub for me. Yeah, it, it is. And I have had the I I struggle with language that comes from and has been co-opted by in general the new age movement always it's it's a <laughs> it's a challenge so the idea of an empath and empathy is really heavily rooted at least seated in that field so when i became there just there are times when it seems some of it this way. It seems to me that it's sometimes easier to use the common vernacular, right, to get by. Yeah, to yeah to elicit your 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 thesis, you know, or it's it's like it's saddled within your your big conveyance. But it's how you get to that conveyance. <laughs> yeah. I would like to unwrap and free all of these. How I'd like to unwrap and free all of this from myself, if nothing else, so that I could approach some of this perhaps without what I think is probably baggage. Uh, and yet... Then there's that idea of moving the go along to get along with accepting the terminology and right. using it and therefore pushing it forward in its already contorted uh, state of, of, of patina. You know? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a that's a great phrase for it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it sucks because I find myself kind of in need of using those words to elicit a certain understanding of what I'm talking about to begin with and then you like describing my definition of the words afterwards and it's <laughs> such a bore, it's so tiring. I know. Well, with this said, and, and you have you have put it out there a little bit, but just for the sake of this this flow that we're on here, what in the end is the idea of being an empath for you away from the knee-jerk response to the co-opted facsimile of what it represents now? It's it's a hushed, and I'll use the word again, like parasympathetic uh, response that's just deeply tethered to compassion in every way. But not just like, and see, even using the word compassion has been so bloated. Yes, but <laughs> that's what. But it, it, there's so much that has has fallen on the altar. <laughs> it's not about how you feel. It's about how other people feel without saying, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and this is, this is the big caveat with the whole empath thing. It's like, it's not about you. I truly believe, you know, to the definition, 
there's a few people that I know that I absolutely agree are to my definition to a T that are empaths. I would say you are, I would say Sam shadow is, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say that there are folks that I, 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 I watch and understand that every motive, every earning of a moment isn't about them. It's absolutely about tuning to someone else's fevers, whether it be high or low or, or mid or whatever. But it's, it's also in a, 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 it's a, it's a ghostly response to you. And it has very little to do with like, oh, you're making me feel weird. Has everything to do with, I'm absolutely in Congress with these unspoken and invisible mm-hmm. communications. <laughs> and I really want to know why. I hope you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. But I, I'm I'm still investigating it. You're the one that really breached the mold on <laughs> what I had. You know, I I feel bad because I know that every every title, all this vernacular, it starts from mostly an honest place uh, or an honest definition, and then just to the trajectory of you know different personalities and different characters and. Uh, you know, bastardizing it into different realms and popularizing them in those certain realms doesn't mean that empaths don't exist. It just means that I don't agree that these people that promote themselves as such are. This is, and this is, again, this moves into that bigger arena in which we have, which we often find ourselves playing in how, so especially for me in the realm of art and magic, where everyone's a tarot reader, everyone's a painter. (laughs) And I believe everyone should be as well. Yes. However, it is, it, 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 it's a sad thing for me to, to look around and see someone that just picked up a tarot deck and all of a sudden they're charging, you know, whatever, $25 for a reading. And they just bought a tarot deck for the first time two weeks ago, you know, or this, you know, this can be applied to anything where there was no actual work put into it, no actual study. And that's where I get this vile that that churns within me and it 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 really is something i'm working on it's something i try to navigate live and let live (laughs) right do as that will it's hard it's hard i i feel absolutely incensed when i see people utilizing the sheer or the you know the 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 umbrella of self-help in a way to establish dominance, to establish some sort of, uh, I don't know, like deeper connectivity. And at the same time, they're using it for financial gains. They're using it for, I mean, and the advent of social media too, like it is just a disease. It's so, it is a, it it really is a scourge. It's, it's, 
unbelievable. When I first, I had never been on Instagram, for example, until I wanted to kind of push Nox Mente a little bit further into the collective. And I kept hearing Instagram is the place. I And I left Facebook long ago and I thought I couldn't have an Instagram without a Facebook, but lo and behold. And then I didn't, I you know, you had to have a phone and then finally they let you have it on the laptop. So I joined and it is hard. It's it's difficult for me to spend any time on Instagram. I, I post, it's like I dine and dash over there. And <laughs> I don't too. totally like take a dump and flesh and move on. And exactly. <laughs> I feel so bad. Like, I mean, I understand. <laughs> I was I was talking to friends earlier about it. It's, it's a necessary evil as far as just, you know, um, and I hate to use the word promotion because it's not about that, but you create something like a podcast or an album or, you know. Whatever. I mean, there's great stuff over there. There's great art happening. And and like, if you truly believe in it, you want people to see it. Yes. You know, and like, this is, this is just the state of the world now. You have to be deeply consistent and in a way that's intrusive and weird. And I don't care. Yeah. When it comes, you know, to social media and I, I fall off on it all the time. But it's also with that said, there are people, there are mostly people that use it that don't necessarily need to hear me or what I'm doing, but say like pragmatic that I think the guests that I have on, I would love if people heard them. Yes, same. And this is this was what pushed me into that realm. I use it. I I make it work for myself. So my feed is is generally filled with good stuff from it's people art. people I like. Yeah, but when I the times I go and just look at the general feed of the world of Instagram, I I find myself in this state of almost distress at the the species. Can we talk about this more? Because, yeah, I, this is definitely something that I'm <laughs> I'm deeply struggling with because I'm with you. I was joking with Mary earlier. I was like, if you asked me, if, 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 you, if you talked to me three years ago, I was just a fucking asshole. Like any part of you that I didn't deem, you know, interesting or whatever, to absolutely ignored. It's a total dick. Mm-hmm. And so if you took that person and brought him here today and I'm, you know, late night sweats and fever dreams about <laughs> passion and, you know, did I, did I offend this person or something? Yeah. It's super silly. But, and like any, I think that's it too. I can't be consistent. I can't, I can't look at the feed and the people that follow us, you know, I think within the occult and art artistic or outsider art realms, like there is just one that'll spoil your day every yeah. day. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, with the, with the, with the little addendum at the end of their <laughs> fucking eight paragraph, you know, uh, caption, you know, that's like, you know, $60 readings. I know. It's, oh, I know. Oh Lord. I do mean the horn Lord on that convert in that yeah context i seriously i with everything that's going on in the collective and how dire it is 
and and you find yourself in the general feeds. So I'll keep my personal feed out of it. In the general feeds of these right. of these modern day salons, of these modern day plazas, uh, where people congregate, it is. I f- I find my this is a dark thought. So some people, Please. yeah, it, it's this is this is just how it is. But I find myself going, well. You know, maybe it's not a bad thing to thin it out a little. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this is this is part and parcel because when I had started being very open about how do I put it? when like let's say when we were doing salons live, uh, that's where Prag Magic started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a residency at uh, the Waypost in Portland monthly, and I would interview people people would come up to me after and I hate this, but they, they got transfixed on my face and my reactions to (laughs) what, what people said, you know, and and that, that bummed me out, but it was just like, yeah, there's just something ingrained that I'm like, you know, I was, I was so perturbed by, and I hated that. I Mm -hmm. was like, why, who Mm -hmm. gives a fuck? Like everyone told me too, I'd, I'd get really upset about, there is a form when you when you when you truly value something i think you see red flags more than you do green everywhere yeah, yeah. you know and um and uh, that's not without saying that i had many and i still do i still have many red flags um you know but i just it's it's important to me to be vulnerable about that and to say that hey you know, I'm st- I'm still working on my shit. I don't know. I guess I could give you, you know, some some tips on what I did. This reminds me of the, um, the lighting the void episode I was on. Yes, that you so graciously came in and <laughs> concluded. I was in a weird state that night, and I think that's actually what put me on a trajectory about getting good with live, mm-hmm. you know, discussion. But there was something in, you know, the Voidwalker chat and and what Joe was asking me, and they wanted to know exactly what I did, you know, to get where I was, um, and they wanted to know exactly the the ritual I had under the total eclipse of the moon in August of 2017 in Oregon, and I think that was the night I decided that I'm not a how-to guy. I'm yeah. not going to tell you yeah. how I did it. I don't, it's not that I don't trust myself. It's that I only trust what I experienced and I would hate for everyone to tune in and drop out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's different for everyone and that's why a custom practice and custom testimonial, I think is far more beneficial than yeah. Writing a medium article about <laughs> You know, doing the work yourself and finding <laughs> this is what I'm constantly saying. Uh, whereas I admire the warriors out there doing what you know, really standing up for what they believe in, and out there and not pushing, but out there standing for what they believe. I have always been an outsider, and I've always been an observer, and that's where I'm comfortable. That's my role. I don't yeah. need to be. 
a warrior in the world in any other way. And so it, it's about, so I, and you'll never catch me writing a book on how to do a spell Oof. or, you, or even a cookbook of any kind, because that's yeah, how a spell neither. book is. <laughs> and so, and, and in context to this too, when I say, when I look at the, the state of culture around us and I am always my vantage point is always way above. So from the perspective I'm looking at, I'm not looking down and seeing race and, you know, skin color and job title and all that. I'm looking down and seeing ants, an ant farm. And that's my perspective. And what I, so when I say it could be thinned out a little, (laughs) when I, when I look at the state of everyone walking around and doing terrible things to each other yeah. and i've been calling they it could use a boot cultural cannibalism is what's happening they're tearing each right. other up they're eating each other and i'm looking at it from way far above i can't see these small details i don't want to see the details oh this ant's eating that ant because that ant has a a what an arm and it wanted a leg you know of something else it's eating i don't care about the details it's the flow and the energy of what's going on and that's interesting energetics you're 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 a macro i think i think i've i've been learning more and not just about you know I'm, i'm not looking at it a couple shades lower from you where macro's oh, a good can, way to I, put it keats yeah, I could see uh, like your macro, your this objective big idea, wide range. Yeah. yeah, where I'm, and then you know what the the tundra and the tufts and tussles are about life, or you know a few shades down, right? The answer yeah. now, yeah, you know cultures and ideas and people and stuff. I think that I'm really surveying the ma- the the micro mm-hmm. in a way where it's it's more just finding that tether between between the ants maybe and 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 understanding you know the 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 inherent charisma of a human being is fucking incredible mm-hmm. it's it's a brilliant and beautiful thing and it gets corrupted so bad <laughs> and i think it also gets celebrated ridiculously too you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> so i think it's it's more to me about i don't know like I, I i i truly feel that there's these little like pocket universes you know as robert anton wilson say these re- reality tunnels that we're all just kind of intersecting you know and joining and it affects everything mm-hmm. and i think it truly is the source of of the macro in a way but at the same time it's i'm not saying that like Oh yeah, I have this like truly, uh, you know, uh, uh, beautiful and, and wanton idea of you know humanity that is going to pull through and do good. I'm not saying that at all. I think what I mean is that I I want to cherish the hot and hurting, you know, harrowing parts that every single person goes through. And it has nothing to do, or sometimes it does, but it has very little to do with the outer. It has mostly everything to do with the inner. And I think having that tendril across the plane, that 
you know, hands across America or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) If I could teach the world. Exactly. And that's, but, you know, I I say that jokingly, but it's, you know, but there's still so, so much, um, there's still so much, so many layers, so many heaviness, be it nurture, nature, that kind of mum these things. And that's what worries me about, you know, the, the the big contrivances of today. It worries me that it's it's really not a battle of the outer. It's absolutely a battle of the inner. Absolutely. I'm always finding myself from that. That's that's the macro in which I view the collective. It, it's all. I can see that too. Yeah, yeah it, it's all coming from my inner. I, you know, this is most union, of course. It's all, it's all to me, somehow related to everything I notice in the outer world. It's somehow related to things that are going on for me in the inner world. So, whereas I may not be creating the outer world, but everything I'm experiencing is stuff that's going on for me. So the annoyances are immediately I look and I, you know, it's, well, what about this? Do, why am I annoyed? Why does this annoy me? And then, you know, so, because obviously I notice it and there, uh, that's that void thing, that Nietzschean thing. And, uh, along with the beauty and I, I always look for the beauty. That's my first goal and purpose in life. I want the beauty. I look for the beauty. I surround myself in beauty. My mantras are of beauty, not of a physical beauty, of a deep-seated, ecstatic... Appreciation, yeah. Oh, it's, it's beyond vocabulary. It's beyond language. It it is a state. It's a, it's a almost a being in and of itself. And so I I seek that. I seek that in myself. So I do see and create mostly a beautiful world. When I look beyond through the hooking glass, that's when I notice, Oh shit is, you know, the eye of the storm is always where you're standing. Always. You are always the eye of your storm. And Absolutely. so when you get out beyond that, though, it, it it can be sobering. And I I can understand why people that are de- really focused in the, the shadow realm, the play on the wall, how depressing it can seem or be or how dark it is it can appear right and that you know that those measures don't necessarily mean just because they're outside that they're not inner they are inner but that's where right. the focus can be it's almost like a trap keeps you you think that it is outer but it really is inner and that's where you know you've dug in the dirt you've got so down into your own grave that you don't realize that you ended up in your grave <laughs> You know, it's like this weird, weird depth thing at some that point. Cold dirt comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a, well, such been, a beautiful line. I've been haunted a lot by that Victor Frankl. You know, the yeah, the man's search for meaning. You ever read that? Yeah. Oh, so long ago. So 
Well, How long ago too. was that? Oh God, uh, ages. <laughs> I feel like I, sure. that was something. I feel in like school. it was like a nineteen twenties or something. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, it's a classic. Don't quote me on that. It's a classic. Yeah, but there's there's these few things and what I've been writing about too, are like these other axioms, these ideas, you know. And we the Hollywood joke about haunt on because the only way for that we can assuredly say, um, you know, being, uh, you know, everlasting, like without this, you know, skin suit and these brittle bones would be through art, would be through ideas, would be through philosophy, you know. And there, with that caveat, though, Keith, right? The yeah, caveat, that's where I'm going. yeah. Oh, thank you. Good. <laughs> I knew you must be because if we pin this to the Instagram world, we're talking a different situation. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> the big, the big caveat. It's funny too because now I'm wrestling with um, philosophies and ideas that I now reconfigure. Mm-hmm. That now I, I see in an absolutely different mirror, and there's that. Victor Frankl quote about, you know, it's like everything can be taken from a man, you know, but something and it's like the last of the human freedoms and that's to choose one's attitude Mm. in any given circumstance. Mm -hmm. Jung calls it was like the Jungian thing is changing consciousness at will. Right. I always confuse Frankl and and Jung about that too because, uh, uh, Jung had that, uh, that's another book I read. It, it was, it had a similar title. It's not Man's Search for Meaning, but it's. Uh, oh, Man and His Religions. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Those essays. Uh-huh. And he ta- he talks about like how enlightenment is how someone reacts. Like the, 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 the control of no matter what comes at you, like your, your, your true what a true enlightenment is, is how you deal with it, right? How how you react. And this is the caveat I have with it now through the many storied noir-like, you know, history <laughs> that I've had in the last 20 years. Now that it rings, it rings different and it doesn't ring true to me in a way because of brain chemistry, because mm. of, you know, things outside us that construct and control our trajectories that we have to very much temper, whether it be, or like, you know, I use the, the, what I've been dealing with is like using it in a spirit model, right? So like the, your brain chemistry is like this demon that's just knocking in the back of your brain. And it's not that you want to mute it. It's not that you want to, you know, lock the door on it. It's that we should be communing with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We should, we should be asking, what is it saying? We should be tempering it with, you know, ideas of communion. And that that's the thing. It's like uh, I wrote and I'll probably publish this tomorrow, but I have an intro to Divergent Magic. And I talk about how I disagree now with uh, David Foster Wallace's idea of a default setting. Mm. And I disagree with it because there are some of us that have no true default setting, that the default setting in and of itself is amorphous, that there are some of us that can 
appreciate and commune and weave with reactions in a way that aren't necessarily consistent or routine, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, you can commune with the with your with your brain chemistry as you would, you know, say a goetic demon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily part and parcel to uh, smiting it or or muting it or hypernormalization, you know, because that's that's what's being done with brain chemistry. Is that it's a fear that of this normal, of this idea of a of a normal current that I can reach an apex and hit a stride and keep it consistent because it's not allowable in culture or it's not, you know, uh, socially idealized to act the way that I think people struggling with that are naturally inclined to do. I'm not saying that, you know, people with very deep and dark, and I don't even mean to say dark. I'll just say very deep psychopathy or harmful, you know, kind of brain chemistry is that, oh, you just need to get good with it and kill the people that deserve it. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But there is, I think, a lot, I think, in this century and what we're talking about with this hyper-normalization of the words of empath and how big, uh, you know, what a star spiritual attainment is because you'll be regular and uh, you'll figure out how to construct you know, your wealth out of just uh, feeling good every day. Just, just choose, just choose a good idea. Just choose positivity, you know? And so that's, that's been my thing as of late was that I had always thought that I was striving for a default setting. I was always striving for a complacent idea of the self of, you know, a bare bones, me you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i don't necessarily think that's necessary i think it's almost like striving for just communion with those crazy uh, i don't mean to use the word crazy it's actually very (laughs) let's see what it it, yeah i didn't mean it it that way it brings in though this particular why why this is a trigger why this is a a knee jerk where how deep-seated this is it's almost a complex we both share it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it is i think it's because i spent my i spent a large lot of my life trying to figure out what was wrong with me you know yes and most of us that are out here right are doing that in and these I'll, circles. Right. And I'll always speak personally about this. I, I would hate to use a royal we with any of this, but I believe that. <laughs> I'm starting to love the royal we. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the real sovereign standpoint. Ab- and exactly. not the outer one. <laughs> right. The cosmic regal. Yes. <laughs> but I, uh, you, and I'm finding that it has just been a large sludge due to socioeconomic standings mm-hmm. of what I was afforded help with, 
you know, because of my financial basis or where I came from or where I was, that it has always been a muting. You know, I'm not saying that medication isn't, uh, it is all bad. I actually think that, you know, if you were to treat mental health like a ritual, it would be an offering, you know, if it's done right. You know, there's, there's like a gluttonous thing though, that they, I sound conspiratorial when I say they, but you know, these overworked, hard lucked, um, social workers that don't have any appreciation or fervency to like truly help the ones that are pro bono. Right. Or, you know, and, they, and it's, you know, I think so many, a lot of people, at least in the earlier days, got into it because they sincerely wanted to. And then there's the way of wanted to help and wanted to learn something about themselves. That's that early wave, that first God, wave man. in the yeah. last century. Then there's it's been a long time since that. A long that time. <laughs> it's a cult now. And now and then it's like with anything else, it became a way to just get out and make money and buy the things you want. Yeah, and so this is this is my hypothesis mm-hmm. is that you can I think maybe a default setting, an amorphous default setting, but allowable would just be the ability to commune with brain chemistry as it turns and, you know, uh, tufts. Um, and not, not necessarily to mute it, feel like you need hypernormalization with it. But I think there's a lot of beauty that comes with it. There's a lot of power that comes with these ailments that, you know, can, can be honed, that can be, uh, uh, conscripted to a, a lovely outcome or a lovely source. I mean, obviously this would be, this is hard work. This is, this is a whole life's, yeah. uh, trajectory and trying to figure that out. But I, I don't think I'll ever get there, honestly. Um, but my, my point is that when I use the spirit model, with brain chemistry and try to understand these as, as trauma as wily kind of demons rapping at your chamber door, you know, like don't quote nevermore, like open the door <laughs> and say, let's go dude. No, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's a hypothesis completely layman and silly. I know in like, uh, you know, the Kia Solomon, even Crowley had written about, you know, brain currents yes. as when he was trying to explain that, is this real? Is this not? And I think we can all agree that's inconsequential because anything you feel is real. Yes. And yet, if you, you know, there's that whole other idea of if you, if you can experience it, it's it's not you. There, right. There's that layer as it's well. It's the other, right? Mm-hmm. And like this is this is the communion that I'm talking about is um people that and I'm I'm not using me specifically, but sometimes <laughs> people that that struggle with these polarities, that struggle with these you know, feats of emotion and 
squalor, you know, or, or, or mania, you know, it's, it's almost as if these are the, the chemist. It's the other, it's the mm-hmm. other that you're communing with. Mm-hmm. It is a lesser God, but it is your HGA. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, yes. this, is, this is the one tuning you, whether you like it or not, you know? So I don't know. I, I can think- ramble on about it. And we're going to take the break here in a second and go to the second hour. But I wanted to end this hour on that idea that for me and the way I see it, one's life work is oneself. I I am my life work. You are your life work. And the moment we start, and this is just my opinion, and I'm nobody, I'm not putting titles out there. This is my opinion. I'm not putting badges out there. This is just my little simple opinion is the moment we start ascribing other things that are in the material world is our life work is that moment we've made a contract with something. I, you know, you can fill in the blank there with something other than yourself, right? Other than yourself. And you, your life work is not that those paintings, your life work is not, you know, the time you spend at that corporation building it up, your life work is not all this other stuff. You are that. And it's something I notice people struggle with until, and in, in conversations that I've been in until they reach the end of the line and you, and then they're forced into going inward because that's, that's where you have to go ultimately. And a lot of people seem to struggle with that idea until they're confronted by it. And, you know, Nietzsche's work is based so much is based on that there. I mean, their whole fields out there. And so, this is an important idea for modern people to wrap their heads around. And as we're moving forward, and this is part of why to just wrap this segment up, this is where I think a lot of what we speak about when we're talking about something vacuous, like the world of Instagram is, (laughs) is this idea and it's a when I say, oh my 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 my, is this really what the masses are doing? Is this really really what they're doing? Like the makeup tutorial, and you know, and and then I could see the art in it and all that, but the, it becomes it becomes the mass becomes the monster, and and then and then everything the ad hominems towards each other and then like i said the cultural cannibalism that happens at the very lowest densest level dense level that is so unappealing to me as a person that loves beauty as a person that loves modes of being and and diversity in those modes of being and expression in all its forms to see it turn so cancerous. And that's where it is imperative to realize and bring this all back inward and realize that we are our own work. So, you know, with that said, we're going to... I'm sorry, can I say something real quick before we break? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is the that music's okay? creeping in on you right here, but it's not going louder. So It worries me. I'm a desperate person sometimes. When I need help, I look for things, right? We all do. You stumble into these charlatans and everything. That's what you get. That's your first hit. And that's what pisses me off. That's all I was going to say. And on that note, I'll see you, Keats, on the other end. Actually, with that, let's, you know, plug your world. Where can people find you? <laughs> you know that one. Because you do have wonderful... I want people to find you and, and find We Are the Hallowed. So give us those details, please. Yeah, so my music is under dakotaslim.net. Uh, my... The, the art collective that I'm a part of is We The Hallowed. That's H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D dot org. Um, and the podcast is Pragmagic with a K dot com. Excellent. This is an insertion into the conversation, the ending of the first hour with Keats. And moving forward, I will I will make sure that I put this information in the actual conversation and as you know I'm learning the tech as I go including this condenser mic which is a complete (laughs) mystery to me to get these the levels right and it's uh it's interesting but I'm loving this journey so I wanted to, to say thank you to anyone that is finding value in this content and for the first time in all these years i have i've created that patreon account as as you know and i actually now have a, a producer credit uh that i'm elated to to put in here and it is i i sent them a message asking what information they wanted me to put forward and I haven't had a response, so I'm just going to say thank you to Marin Kramer for for donating on that level. It means the world to me. It's it's a uh, it thrilled me, and also I wanted to uh, just make sure that everyone knows that all the other content I've been putting out is going to stay the same. It, this is only for the second hour of the podcast. And I have plenty, which is up and running. I'm going to have plenty of good content every month with more than just one interview a week. I'm shooting for two, but there will be more sometimes in a week. And and perhaps in a week where I only have one, maybe that's, I'll get some leeway there. So I, I, I wanted to thank you. It was a very hard decision for me to actually get a Patreon up and running. And this is this deals with deep-seated stuff I'm working on of, of self-worth and uh, how one values oneself. I, I get overwhelmed by how much stuff is out in the public that you have to pay to play, and it's always... It's always been difficult for me to deal with that. But I've been out there for years now and creating what I think is good content and very valuable conversations because I love it. It's been something I love, and I want to do it more. That's why 
I went forward with this. I really just want to be broadcasting as much as possible. And so with the Cosmic Salon, this is filling in that gap. And and the the levels I have are just very simple. So you know, the first one is just you get access at $5 for the other half of the conversation. The $7 one is you get access to my psychic eye stuff, which I struggle putting forward. I dapple it in my conversations all over, and yet I, I'm constantly doing remote viewing and uh, working those skills. Let me put it this way, working those skills. So I have a lot of content, and I've traditionally been putting it in my art so that people could see it. All this comes through in symbols. I have a very high hit rate, which is part of my uh, backstory and what what I was being used for at different periods in my life. And so I'm deciding that that's behind that $7 paywall and anyone that wants to come in and heckle me is at least going to have to pay to do that. I just am not open to that energy in the universe anymore. If I've always felt like if you don't like something, don't invest energy in it. And it amazes me how many people in the world spend their time being critics of others while they're they're doing very little themselves. And I feel like at the end of your life, that's some something sad that you end up wrestling with what what you've done with the time you have so with that said i'm going to just keep this short thank you so much marin kramer and all the patreons that are making really making this shift uh, forward uh, inspiring me more i guess i should say i meant see it's i have trouble I have trouble accepting graciousness and real uh, sincerity from others, and it's 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 a it's a challenge. I am struggling with this new psychic eye because everything was so dark, really dark, and I'm I'm not sure how what form I want to present it in. I hesitate sometimes. This is why I have the music videos and the other art forms where I can interject this information. Uh, and, th- and that's part of that, Kate, anyway, is I'm going to give you know some of the raw footage to the music videos and, and the, the art stuff I'm doing along with the psychic eye and also hopefully some uh, some panels with people that want to be involved in getting in a panel with me where we we have some open discussions about stuff so thank you very much i'll I'll quit rambling on and then throw in the the ending to this hour and the second hour with keats was amazing absolutely amazing I, i never know with uh with any conversation even with friends where it's gonna go but the second hour was incredible and i i thank you keats ross and i think anyone that's out there listening i hope that uh you find lucidity in your in your daily lives so with that i will slide into 
the end of this episode. And with that, we'll wrap this up and another hour will be coming behind the curtain.